right out driveway in the southeast corner of the parking lot out there. And it has a spiritual effect. It really brings like a culmination to this conversation that some parishioners were having about why people would leave Mass early. Some were saying they want to beat the crowd to La Peep or Frisch's. Maybe true. Some were saying that, or someone, someone was asking, I wonder if it's a mortal sin or a venial sin. And other people were chiming in. Somebody chimed in and said, well, there's a one-hour time limit to Mass. And when it gets close to that, they're out of there. And someone else chimes in and says, you know, Judas was the first one to leave Mass early. And someone said it's because of the parking lot. It's because it's horrible to sit in the parking lot. There's really essentially only one exit. And people don't like to sit in their cars, not moving. So they get out early because of that. So now that problem's taken care of, I think. This is our first weekend with the new driveway. Nobody's had an accident there yet that I know of. So um, we'll see how it works out. So far, it's working well. But that's not the homily, the important stuff now. More importantly, strive to enter through the narrow gate. Jesus gives us the perfect answer to a bad question. The guy asking the question was about the number, the quantity of how many would be saved. And the Lord shows us that is not important. What's important is that we can be saved and to know him through whom we are saved it is of utmost importance. Strive to enter through the narrow gate. This answer also gives us an opportunity to avoid the sin of presumption, presuming that really everyone can be saved and we really don't have to worry about it and I'm good. I don't have to respond in any way at all. And also at the other end of the, the spectrum, it saves us from the sin of despair by saying it's too difficult, it's too hard, it's too few, I can't do it, so why bother? Strive to enter through the narrow gate. We also notice this is a countercultural message. Out in the world, the culture tells us that we're supposed to seek for power, strive for comfort, for pleasure, for wealth. Out in the world, we might not notice much difference between the living, the, the way people live between Christians and atheists. But the Lord Jesus invites us to strive. The real Jesus has a message that shows that it's not enough just to be a part of the chosen people, but there's a, a response that needs to be made. Divine privilege doesn't cut it. He illustrates this well when he says, we ate and drank in your company and you taught in our streets. That's really just like saying, we were around you, doesn't that count? But the Lord is looking for more. He's looking for a response. Do we know him? And how do we respond? We're all familiar with coaches and how they give these pep talks before games and maybe before practices to get their, their teams fired up. So just imagine a football coach, perhaps, is preparing his team and he's getting them fired up. He's giving one of these impassioned speeches and they're all getting excited about the season. And he says, we're going to win the championship. Who wants to win the championship? And they're like, yeah, and just yelling and everything. He says, this is what we're going to do. We're going to practice this year four times. They know it won't work. They know it's a crazy idea. The players know if they're going to win like champions, they have to practice like champions. And the same is for us. If we're going to win like the saints, we're going to have to practice like the saints. Strive to enter through the narrow gate.
And then there's that line of horror the Lord tells us. I do not know where you are from, what horror that would bring to hear that. But there's good news. Jesus wants everyone to be saved. The invitation for salvation is universal. It's for all of us. But of course, some resist the invitation. But we might say, okay, if the command is strive to enter through the narrow gate, show me where's the narrow gate. In John's gospel, Jesus says, I am the gate for the sheep. So we say yes to that relationship with him because he wants to have that relationship with us. So we're called to get to know him, to imitate him, to become a disciple. And there's even more in today's readings about becoming a disciple. That word disciple has the same root as the word discipline. And in our second reading from Hebrews, we heard the word discipline five times. A disciple is a follower. A disciple is a learner, a pupil, an imitator of the master. So we're called to have that life of discipleship with Christ. But we notice that his discipleship is on his terms. But in our broken humanity, we often want it on our terms. But the real Jesus gives us the terms of how to live as a Christian disciple. A life of prayer, a life of virtue, of self-control, of generosity. He commands all these things in the Gospels. And then he says, many I tell you will attempt to enter, but will not be strong enough. So how can we become strong enough? We need not despair because he did not abandon us. The real Jesus gives us himself intimately in the sacramental life of the church that he left us. The sacramental life is the life of Christian strength. If we don't eat, our bodies die. If we don't re receive sacramental grace, our souls die. So we notice that disciples are made, molded, and missioned. We don't stay in one place, but we go out. We might have to go to our own homes, our own family, our own friends. Our first reading today, Isaiah, tells us that all nations are called to be God's people. And most of us, having these relationships with the people around us, the people at karate class, wherever you find them, we can witness to these people in these normal relationships, do that apostolic activity right there in the relationships in which we find ourselves already maybe by silent example, maybe by words, maybe even both. But we should also notice a sense of urgency. How long would the narrow gate stay open for us? So many in the world have probably heard about Jesus, but how many know him? The Lord invites us to take part in his missionary activity. We are called to witness to the world. We're called to become disciples, making disciples. And the Lord put us here in this place, in this time, to do exactly that. To be that joyful witness right now. Experiencing his goodness right now. And also as saints for eternity in heaven. And we have the greatest starting place today in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Where the Eucharist is present to us. Where we receive that spiritual strength. So that we can accept the Lord and find the narrow way.